Technical problems? Yeah. Okay. Same, okay. Old, same old thing. It's crashing. Well, I'm on, a, I'm on another machine, so I don't anticipate um, crashing on this machine. On this machine, but on, on my laptop, certainly it's started a couple of days now. Uh, just basically, it's, it's completely no, no good mm-hmm. uh, when, it, when it comes to making a Skype call. Mm-hmm. And although I, I have spoken to other people on the Skype, and it's, it seems fine, but it just seems like um, it's just gotten worse. So I'm, I'm not sure what the problem is, but uh, yeah, I've been having a lot of technical problems as well. But it sort of comes with the territory, and um, especially when I'm trying to write an article. I remember when I first started, um, it was almost impossible. There was no Wi-Fi signal; everything was down. It was just completely, it was completely timed. Whenever I wanted to sort of communicate something or I had some sort of insight, there's always technical problems. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I uh, I don't know if you saw me there, but I got on Skype there briefly, and I, I saw your, your nick there, and as soon as I saw it, my computer crashed, and uh, I've seen this kind of thing happen enough times that um, a message was being sent, and because uh, of the timing of the thing, it's just, you know, I've seen it happen so many times that, you know, I mean, if you said you listen to all or most of our podcasts, but we talk about being monitored on there and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I... I know that's all a part of the uh, the game, and obviously, in my own personal walk, when I first started to sort of open up and communicate, and because I knew a lot of things uh, for, for a lot for most of my life, but I, as I was sort of progressing, you know, I was always led in certain directions, and it was always individual meetings, one to ones, and conversations, and that sort of stuff, and. And uh, that's how it was for quite a long time. So it was only sort of recently, in the last three years, I would guess, that I was I, was, I started to use, um, you know, technology to start to reach uh, a, a greater audience. Um, but I know that's a part of the the, the game in the spiritual warfare, you know. And it's, it's we're at a stage in the game now where you you understand that's that's the case, you know. Yeah. We're, we're on the chessboard, so to speak, and uh, it comes with it. I'm, I'm certainly not fearful for the fact that I'm communicating with people who are in that category. Um, so, if yeah. anything, it, it reinforces my my understanding that we're in the right direction and um, let them do whatever they need to do. So, uh, uh, you know, all you can do is just know that we have somebody far greater on our side Mm-hmm. Than, than what's in the world. So basically, whatever happens, we'll, we'll, all, we'll always triumph. So yeah, it's that's that's it's a natural natural. Um, it has to become a natural uh, sort of an experience for me. Basically, um, when it, whenever it comes to reaching out or talking to someone or trying to wake someone up using Skype or, or using other means, that uh, there's certain issues that arise in, in that context. Uh-huh. I've never had any anxiety about that kind of thing, and I also I don't I don't get followed except for there was one night, and uh, the Lord actually spoke to me, and and told me it was going to happen, and believe it or not it did, and it's a whole story I've talked about it on a podcast somewhere, and that was the only night it's ever happened that other people get followed, but I I don't for some reason. Oh, is that the is that that was Connie, wasn't it? One of the redhead, redhead. Uh, yeah. 
people following her. Well, yeah, she goes out and uh, Freemasons follow her around, but they actually have Freemasonic regalia on. This happens when she goes to the store, and it's they're they're letting you know. I mean, it's, they're in your face, totally. You know, they want you to know. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's as I said, it's all part of the game. It's a game for them, basically. And and if if they had any sort of real power in order to stop what's happening, then they would have done so by now. As you say, you know, God loves things to happen, and nothing will happen unless God gives permission. Well, yeah, you can tell it's all highly regulated because um, if it was just up to happenstance, there's like this dividing line that they don't—they never step over, at least with me. And yeah. if it was all just up to, left to random chance or if it was not being monitored by God and control and angels were, you know, preventing certain things, they should have stepped over the line. They've never stepped over this line, like an invisible line. It's almost yeah, like, I think that's... Almost like there's anxiety at their end, because I talked about in the podcast recently, I don't know if you heard about Angels of Death. Yes. You don't hear about this, but they are concerned about that. They don't want you to know it. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it is is that sort of fine line between paranoia, and I think they're very good at it, you know, just to keep you guessing and keep you wondering. Uh And I think when, when, when you don't respond to any of that sort of stuff and just keep on going basically they may choose to turn up the heat or whatever or just or just may realize that you, you may be protected you know you, there may be a shield of protection around you so that they can't do anything other than try to intimidate in that way and we're not only talking about humans here we're talking about demonic entities as well yeah you know it's like they're, they're always present mm-hmm. but um just the other day actually um because I'm used to dealing with spiritual warfare, and, uh, you know, in in their domain, so to speak, you know, uh, and coming across them in the, in, in the spiritual realm. But it's like I've never had any any of them sort of make an attempt to cross into the physical. But it's like uh, just over like last week, um, I was actually listening to a guy called Derek Prince, um, who was talking about deliverance of you know, spirits and so forth and whatever. And basically, I, I pretty much had a very strong poltergeist experience. It was a very loud bang in the house. And it was almost like to distract me from a particular part of what he was saying. But I know they're sort of tricks. So basically, I, I examined the house, and there was nothing there, nothing falling down, and so forth. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, but for me, I'm, 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 it's strange, but I'm more used to dealing with them in their sort of environment as opposed to them sort of trying to bother me in mind. I've never really broken in to the physical as such, but until last week. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, um, basically, after being in contact with you. Now, that, whether that's basically... Because there's all sorts of things. There, there's, there's obviously demonic spirits, there's technology, and all these sorts of things. But um, it, just, it just reinforces the fact that I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in the right direction. If I'm annoying them, then I'm doing something good. Right. In the right direction. So if he wasn't annoying them, then obviously, or you, you, you believe you're doing works, and basically they never considered you to be a problem. Right. Then obviously you have to question yourself and say, am I doing anything effective? You know. Yeah. That's what I wanted to point out about all the uh, computers crashing uh, my, my mind yesterday, because uh, I identified it with you. 
you know, whether it was demonic or whatever the story. I don't think it was demonic. Um, but uh, it had, I believe it had to do with you. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, again, as I said to you before, in my correspondence, I mean, it's like I'm... Things happen in my life. People come into my life for, and for particular reasons, that's for me to give them some sort of guidance or say something to them or have a long conversation or wake them up on a one-to-one over a longer period of time or just to have a, a one-off conversation and so forth. And um, it's these, once these energies happen or these we, we such devices occur, I can always sense a, a build-up of energy in terms of an annoyance because somebody's going to be you know it's like every soul is every soul is is precious so basically if you're basically trying to help someone awaken up then it's it can be really draining but again it's like you know that you're going to be opened up to attack to attack and then occasionally when i'm when i'm uh, working with someone then i know that that from doing so i'm going to be opened up to that to some sort of attack especially if that individual has demons Mm-hmm. And um, basically, doesn't want them to be aware of how the mechanics of how everything works and so forth, and, and obviously doesn't want them to turn to a t- particular direction and turn to a salvation. So, I've gotten used to it um, over my time, and you know, some of the things that most people would normally get spooked out about doesn't necessarily um, spook me. If anything, it just reinforces the fact that the nature of the game, and then once we once you. Once you make a decision to be a player on the board, then basically you, you become a part of the game. So, you, you, mm-hmm. again, you need to be able to have that spiritual warfare. You've mentioned uh, chess a couple times. Um, yeah. I uh, spent a lot of time, this had nothing to do with you, but I spent a lot of time evaluating the K- Katy Perry uh, halftime show. Yes. I was actually asked on uh, Daniel Ott about that, and I just completely blew it off, and I talked about how I, I didn't see it, and I was fasting, and even though that was like six days later or something like or five days later, I don't know. But um, there are some very interesting things that are going on there, in my opinion. But it, 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 at one point, I had to do some research, but she's actually on a chess board, and there's chess pieces that are yes. dancing around there. I didn't know that. For, it took me a while to figure that out. Well, then the, the usual, you know, feedback and, and the decoding people, obviously, is the Masonic chessboard, the black mm-hmm. and white, and that's all very well, you know. And, it's like, and obviously, they have their, their own Hegelian dialectic, as you know. They they they, they play each other in yeah. these scenarios, and basically, it forces uh, an individual to pick a side, you know. But it's like good cop or bad cop when they come across their in order their symbolism, especially when in the movies and so forth, the good guy and the bad guy, who, do, who you perceive to be the bad guy and so forth, it's just the good cop and bad cop. And, and both of their agenda is to put you into prison, you see. And you may think one's nicer than the other. You know, it's the whole thing of white magic and black magic. And you think that you do, if you're a nice person, you, then you'll dabble with more white magic. And the, this is how I see it. It, it. it is a cosmic chessboard game. And it basically, it's, it's basically after the pieces of the individuals. Most people don't know, most people don't realise they're in a, they're in a, a spiritual warfare, obviously. Um, but, it is for me, that's, that's how I see it, basically. It's, it's, it, you, you step on, you step on the board and you, you start playing in the game. I mean, yeah, the, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, um, latest phenomenon going around with the, the white and gold dress. 
Um, I've heard people comment about it. I look at a tremendous amount of information, and sometimes if something doesn't um, really stand out, um, I, I see it and I don't. Uh, I just go past it. But uh, what, what's going on with that? Well, I, I saw it on the news yesterday. I knew it was a ritual, and I, I just don't really get involved in it. All I, all I do is I understand it's some sort of ritual. If the, if the news is promoting it, if there's something going around on social media with regards it, then I know it's some sort of psyops that they're pushing, and they want people to take, get, get, take part in it. And it seems this is being the case. And I'm not sure if you know about the details, is that some people could see uh, a white and yellow or gold dress while people look at it and they claim to be seeing a black and blue dress. You're kidding me. Yeah, oh. this, is, this, is, this is, you know, what it reminded me of was the old magic eye uh, images we used to get in the 80s, uh, um, way back when, when people should, was, uh, should, was supposed to stare at an image, like a very chaotic image. And some could see a, 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 an image inside of it or an object and others can't. Do you remember that? Back in the 80s? The old magic eye? I don't recall that right now. I was a little bit distracted when you said that because I was looking for a picture I wanted to point out to you. But go, repeat that again. Well, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a phenomenon in the 80s called the magic eye and a lot of posters and pictures of which seemed to be a lot of fractal, pet, you know, fractal images and people were supposed to stare at it and then for a certain period of time and eventually an object would appear to them. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. And then they'll say, oh, okay, yeah, I can see, I can see a, a, a reindeer or I can see a, a cube or whatever. And some people could see it, some people couldn't see it. But with regards to this, with regards to this uh, yellow, white dress thing, people are claiming this to be seeing a uh, white and yellow dress while other people are looking at it and saying, well, actually, it's a, a black and blue dress. And at the time I saw this on the news, I sort of thought, well, you know, this sort of reminds me of the magic eye. Um, and I think really some of these, some of these, these psyops, what they're doing is really testing people's perception of reality, seeing how much they can mess around with people's perception. I think there's a little, there's a little bit of hypnotic, hypnotic suggestion with this as well, because if you notice, black and blue is actually the negative of uh, white and yellow. So it's almost like they, within this whole ritual, which I think it is, basically, they've presented, with, they've presented people with, you know, the yin and the yang, the, the two pillars, you know, of the one and the opposite, the white and the black, the negative and the positive. And I think really, I mean, I was talking to a friend today on Skype, and it was a couple, and one, one and I initially thought that it was just a, basically a psychological operation, only on the, on the news, they basically wanted people, they, they had people being interviewed in the street and people were saying, oh, they can see black and blue, and what others were saying that they can see white and yellow. And then obviously people then get, take part in that. And I think, in a sense, if you're, if you're hypnotically suggestible, you may, be, you may be able to convince yourself to see one or the other. Either that, or there may be some sort of weaponized... Um, ritual going on, whereby if you look upon the image, then it, it may be you know, weaponized in the sense that something comes into you if you, if you partake within the whole process, which then basically influences your perception to make you see a black and a blue dress. Hmm. So it's a bit like that. And, um, and yeah, m my friends were saying that they, they were having arguments with their whole family about what they could see. How, how one was saying that it was black and blue, others were saying that it was white and, and yellow. That's incredible. And, um, and it was just bizarre because how, how, 
how could anyone pick up on that and know that this was this was an issue with this this particular dress? Um, but anyway, there's there's certain clues within the story. I haven't actually analysed. I was only having a com- I was only having a conversation with my friends as to what they told me. Uh, it just seemed to me it reminded me of the magic eye. And it, it, it's, it's really a, 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 an exercise that's pushing people's perception as to what's real and what we perceive and, and how many people are hypnotically suggestible mm-hmm. and who, who can't be deceived by uh, illusion and that sort of stuff. And I think it's, it's in that sense, there's a, there's a level of a psychological operation um, going on with that because I think something's coming whereby there is going to be something whereby they're going to want people to perceive and believe something, an illusion, an optical illusion. And I guess these sort of, these sort of stories really feed into the public as a, as a sort of like a psychological test to see how many people are, suggest, are, are suggestible. Hmm. If you told them that this dress is actually black and blue, how many people, once you tell them that this is the case, will actually perceive it that way? It's like a hypnotic trigger. And it, it seems to be... It seems to be the case, and I didn't really thought that would be the case. I thought it was a complete psychological hoax until my friend told me that he could see black and blue. And I thought, well, he, and I always know I've always known him to be quite suggestible because his 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 partner has always been able to see through the coded symbolism of certain things, of stories and and whatever. Once you once you reveal to her. The the, the 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 patterns and the codes and the archetypes behind things. She she's always quite good at perceiving that. And this guy has always found it hard to just lift that veil to perceive some of the things. Even though you tell him many many times, it just doesn't seem to get registered in, in, into his into his mind the the methods by which these these hidden messages are encoded into stories. So in a sense, it didn't surprise me that he actually he saw the the black and the blue. Because in some ways, he still he still um, he still believes in some aspect of the of the world being um, uh, the way it is suggested to him. Yeah. Even though even though he knows there's there's hoaxes and whatever, he he still believes that there's it's a mixture and whatever things like the, the, the white dress and the uh, or the, the the ice bucket challenge and all these other things, which all these other rituals that they seem to be doing. Yeah. In order to to harness energy, and that's what I think it's doing. People's putting it in, and all all of this energy is being harnessed. But I haven't really looked into that. As I said, I've only um, had a conversation with with this couple today, and I I saw on the news, and I thought it's another ritual. I'm not going to waste my time on it. But it was just interesting to see that um, somebody who I know personally actually saw black and blue. If it weren't for that, I, was, I would have thought that it was just uh, another sort of craze to get, to get you getting on the internet and getting the energy going and whatever. But yeah, that's just something I, I, I was just sort of talking to them about today. Hmm. Well, um, this picture that I uh, found yesterday on Facebook, it says, um, I forget what this little symbol is. You know, on your on your t- on your keyboard, right above the three. What, what's that called again? Right above this. Oh, the pound sign. Yeah, pound sign. They have a pound sign. There's these two women holding up signs, and they both say the same thing. One lady's giving a thumbs up, and it's a pound sign, and it says jobs, like a job plural. And it says the letter four, and then it says ISIS. 
And they both say the same thing. Now, I think they're speaking some kind of code. And I, I'm real big on this because um, this is something I've, I've focused on personally. But I believe that some of the stuff that they're putting out there right now has to do with personal things that are going on in the events of certain people in the background. It's not something that has to do with like a false flag or Illuminati or the things we would normally associate it with. Oh yeah, so you, that's what I've been having on your shows. You're talking about the, uh, you talking about specifically about the Queen of Israel and. Uh... Yeah, I think this has to do with the Queen of Israel. Okay, so so where, where's this particular thing? Um, pound jobs. Is this from, is this in the British news or is this, uh, where where did you see this? Uh, I found it on Facebook. I can send it to you somehow, um, as long as I don't forget. If I forget, uh, remind me. I'm just evaluating right now. Um, well, you know that pound sign is just a combination of EL. What's well, an esoteric four? Oh, esoteric four. Okay. Well, see, the reason I would uh, interpret that way, because you actually have a four in the middle, the letter four. And then the word ISIS, is, 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 it's, it, has, oh, yeah, yeah. it has two pairs. It's an ISIS. Yeah. So, see, what people need to understand is that I actually believe that God gave me a revelation on this, okay? What people don't know is that there, there are a four. There's a four that's coming. There are actually two couples. And Christians yes. have been psyops so bad, they don't understand that the Antichrist has a consort, which is really absurd. And uh, once you fit that in, then you've got three of the four, and you're going, well, why? See, if you know there's a messianic prince, it's stupid to believe that he's not going to have a wife. I mean, my God, you know. So now you have a four. So you have a dark side and a side of light, you know, cosmic dualism. It's the king and the queen on the chessboard, basically. Yes, yes. Unless you want to give Christ a consort, which Christians are not willing to do. I'm not talking about that. But anyway, um. So you have this four, and my theory is is that maybe you heard me talk about, I don't know, I didn't have the podcast uh, on that full-fledged show. I'm not sure if you heard that or not. I don't remember uh, what I Yeah, Yeah, I did listen to that. I was talk, uh, oh, I've talked about before about the oh subconscious God. mind. It's actually in the Bible, in Romans chapter yes. 2. Now, I've never heard any Christians talk about that. So you could you know theorize that you have a perfect moral guide within you, um, it has to do with your conscience, but it's some kind of a higher mind or something, and nobody wants to talk about this in Christianity. So it has this greater awareness, and, and my theory is it actually knows, it knows things, and because it knows certain things, for instance, it would know who the king and the queen are, you know, the four, yeah. and it, you could uh, logically determine in that that they actually know that they're coming, and so my theory is, is that, I actually believe that I was shown this, is well, you have to step back, and, and you have to understand that your conscious mind, which is, it's trying to, like, wake up sometimes. The conscious mind, which is basically asleep on a lot of levels. And it will do this, like, through dreams and stuff like that. You know, I think that there are dreams that come from the subconscious mind. Oh, I totally agree. And I think um, a person's whole lifetime can be uh, uh, an evaluation of that, basically. You know, the conscious mind only being able to accept things at the right time when it's ready to, to know. You yeah. Know, lots of blockages. And a lot of those blockages could be, could be your own 
be could be yourself, but it's, it also could be from God. You see, because absolutely, God doesn't give you t- too much that you can't handle. And uh, you know, I always think to myself, well, if I with the things I know now, um, if if I was a teenager, how I could have handled it back then, I probably couldn't. And I think that's why it's been a progressive thing with me is that you learn things. I'm always learning things and always learning and find a new piece of the puzzle and then when that, when that piece goes into it, it, it it takes me to another level and there's many things I'm actually researching now that you know it's, I mean my blog is really about you know symbolism code that I see in the, in the news fundamentally you know, it's, every so often I might write an article or maybe later write an article about a, t- a topic and, and something which is not related to any sort of day to day issue but most of the time it's a lot of the stuff I'm, I'm researching or, or I'm being led towards it's you know, as like yourself, you can't really uh, put out there because it's, you, you understand it's something personal. It's your own personal journey. So I have my own personal journey where I'm learning things which, which is more relevant to myself. And then obviously there's the other times when obviously I'm led to actually having to explain certain things that I'm seeing um, in the form of a blog, you know, or talking to people and so forth. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, I've always felt that. I've always felt that. The thing, the thing about me is I became aware of spiritual truth first. I became aware of the spiritual realities and so forth and other, and other things first when I was young. So therefore that wasn't an issue for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I had to take up some sort of faith. I had to go to a, a bookshop and read in a new age book that is like chakras or spiritual realms. I knew that from first-hand experience. So that wasn't any leap of faith for me. What mm-hmm. I really sort of didn't know was I obviously when you when you grow up you assume what the way the world is around you is genuine so but what I didn't realize is basically the deception of that the world in itself the, the hierarchical structure actually understands fundamentally very much the nature of reality but it has been keeping it from the majority of the people and from growing up in a very sort of solitude way, lonely sort of way, knowing the things I know, and I had to keep these things to myself because I was not stupid enough to try and to, to express some of the things that I was going through to anybody else, you know, not to my family or anybody, anybody else. I always had this, you know, this sort of paranoia that they're, they're going to take me and do experiments and, and that sort of stuff to, 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 to figure out why I, I was having such experiences. So oh, well, they would actually do that kind of stuff back in the 19th centuries. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and, you know, the, the first part of the uh, 20th century, too, they'd put you in one of those funny farms. That's what we call them over here. <laughs> yeah, keep you drugged up and not, not, not let you speak much. But, yeah, so that's, that's – I, you know, then obviously I came into the whole understanding of the game in terms of – you know, people were deliberately being kept spiritually blind. You know, SC, there's actually a conspiracy out there, an agenda to uh, that's set in place to actually take gifted people, you know, extraordinarily gifted people, and actually put them in a, in a mental hospital. Yeah. They fit in and shut them down. Or either that or use them for other purposes, military, you know, you know the whole yeah, they do that remote well. program. Yeah. And, um, and I always thought that they always had this sort of... Um, these sort of um, programs whereby, yeah, they're trying to find these sort of gifted people and wanting to sort of harness DNA and, and, and all these sort of things and in order to find out some sort of trigger in order mm-hmm. to identify certain types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, 
I'm aware of all of that, all the sort of the dark side of the sort of um, military industrial complex and all of these, you know, the, the darker stuff, you know, which, which most people don't really even think exists. You know, it's, it can get very dark and sometimes it's, it can get a bit depressing knowing the full nature of, of the extent of the world we live in to the, to the extent we can walk outside our house and everything assumes, everything is, appears to be quite normal. You know, people in the street, they're getting shopping, they have, you know, when I, was, when I was younger, I had this dream and I had a, I had a, a few dreams where it didn't make sense to me at the time, but as I was as I was growing in my spiritual walk and my understanding, those dreams were reoccurring during when I was younger, but they make a lot of sense to me now. And one of them was um, me sort of waking up in my and looking downstairs, and and there were like mannequins in in the hallway, you know, like shop mannequins, just like normal white that you dress up the clothes with and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, really confused as to why there was a mannequin in, in the front hall. Um, and then basically, I would open the front door and I would see mannequins in the street. Wow. And then they, they were just, just still, not doing anything. And it was a bit like Vanilla Sky, you know. You know, Tom Cruise is running around the street and he's, he's, trying to find, he's trying to find a living person. But everyone, everything is just in, just mannequins everywhere. Really? Now, I've heard about that movie. I haven't seen it. Hmm. Yeah, and um, and that was a reoccurring dream for me, but it, it makes so much sense now, even though that, in, in a sense that you can live a life and you can be um, upon upon the world but not of it, and there's something you can't talk to people about. Oh, yeah. Were you actually awake when you were seeing this outside? Oh, no, 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 this was, this was a reoccurring dream when I was oh, young. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it was like my subconscious, was, as we were talking about subconscious thing, it was about, you know, it's like, it's almost my subconscious was, let, was letting me know the nature of things I was to learn later on in life. Oh, yeah, I see. And I had other dreams related to similar things that didn't, didn't make sense to me at the time. And I was also showed things spiritually, in the, in the spiritual, that did, I didn't understand what I was looking at at the time. And... And I, I, it was, it was, sometimes God shows you things before, before as opposed to only showing you things after. Right. Because sometimes if you say, if, some, if, you, if someone says something to you and says, okay, this is, a, this is a reality, and then you was to have like a very lucid, vivid dream, you, you could argue that, oh, well, you, you, you were just processing that information and you saw this as a consequence of what you were being told. But if you're shown things before and where, where you have no conscious understanding, and then later on in life, it could be years or decades down, down the line, you come in some information and it instantly connects you back to that time when you were shown something. It's almost, you get, it's almost like you get a confirmation about uh, something that you're going to be told years before you were mm-hmm. even told it. You know? Whereas somebody, normally someone will tell you something and then you go to look for a confirmation thereafter. But in that, in that way, it's almost like it's like a fractive fractive narrative you know, God sometimes can show you things before and then give you the answer before it makes you very confused and then give you the question later on and then you, then you connect the two if you see what I mean I was going to say uh, about the 11-11 thing my, my theory is or belief is that um, so, you know, the subconscious knows and it's actually trying to quicken the, the conscious mind which is asleep because it doesn't have any point of reference 
to even process these four people. If you're non-Christian, you probably would not even believe in Antichrist, so you can't process any four, process any four of them. If you're a Christian, you can only process one of them. That's the Antichrist. But anyway, um, my theory is is that when it tries to communicate to you know you know quicken you or something like that, it it just it gets you to actually turn towards the clock. And the clock, you know, I just happened to me uh, earlier. I almost said something to you on Skype because it was at 11:11, and I I decided not to. I said, "Oh, screw it," because I said <laughs> I said bye, you know. I said, "Well, just leave it there," because I said bye, you know. I want to just leave him alone, you know. And um, but it actually happened to me today at 11:11. I looked up and and it was there was something that was going on at that time it related to you. I can't remember what it was because I didn't write it down. But I keep like a spiritual diary, so I, I write a lot of stuff down every day. I'm doing a lot of because there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. It's yeah. real, like real personal stuff like that. And uh, the thing about the eleven eleven thing is, it's, it's it's one of those things that are known in the New Age. Uh huh. Eleven eleven doorway portal, and I remember certain films came out. The, the Immortals came out on the eleven eleven. Right. Eleven. You see. Right. And you know. And in that film, it's fundamentally was about a spiritual war. And in those films, you always have two realms coming together through a very narrow path. And it's almost like the war, the war is taking place within this very narrow path, which I believe is this portal, you know, between one realm and the other. And if you see films like Immortals, you can see that, that, that it culminated where there was this army outside and they were trying to get through into this empire, but they had to go through a narrow gate. Mm-hmm. I remember in the Matrix, it was the same sort of thing. When the machines uh, were trying to break into Zion, they had a very narrow path. Mm-hmm. A particular path. We actually had... Uh, you see this time, time? We actually had people get revelation on that uh, film. That kind of thing is happening where actually people get revelation. This normally doesn't happen with me. Um, but uh, I've noticed a, a you know a distinct pattern like over the last... We're going way back. I mean, I assumed early that all this stuff had to do with the Antichrist and these films and stuff like that. Now, what we're being told is that's not true. And one person actually got a revelation that, it's like an intellectual revelation, that um, they don't really put the Antichrist in Hollywood that much because from their perspective, it's like degrading. You know, they have their own media, which you don't really hear about. But obviously, they're going to have that. Of course. It, it's just like they have their own Internet. It's all secret. You don't hear anything about it. It's complete whitewash, okay? I'm sure, I'm sure all their films and their entertainment are, are all based upon our stupidity and their victory over God and everything else. And it reinforces – it must be very entertaining to see um, who who's in those films. And is there a parallel superstar list of people that we don't know of? In their realm, you know, as you say, it's like a parallel civilization uh-huh. that they have, basically. Well, one of the things that people uh, got pretty redundantly is it's the mockery principle over and over again. That's why when you look at these um, Marvel comic book stars, um, they're dressed up in tights and stuff like that, and it, it's subtle. For instance, at the very end of the you know the Passion film. There's a mockery yeah. there of Christ. You have to have knowledge <laughs> to know that it was an absolute disgrace. Now, this is actually in the Bible. 
uh, for a man to bear, have his buttocks bared. Because that's, that's what they show. That's the last scene. And, then, and, they, and they didn't show him being resurrected. They stopped. They didn't want to show him being resurrected. They showed him with his buttocks bared, and, they, and the film ended. And if you don't have knowledge, you won't, you won't understand that. So that's what they're doing. They're mocking these people. Now, I believe, I call them God's Avengers. I don't throw that term around very much. It's just what we came up with. They, they call them the Avengers, and I'm actually going, yeah, but they're, it's all mockery. I don't want to say 100% mockery, but, I mean, it's mostly mockery. I'm basically.